I started following God 18 years ago. And five years prior to that, every house that I lived in, at least one of my neighbors was a Christian. Now, do you think maybe God was hinting or trying to hunt me down or show me something or get me to know him? Yes, he was. And he wants everyone to know him. He's doing the same thing. The saddest thing about that, though, out of all those neighbors, only one of them actually invited me to church. One. Now, how did I know that they were Christians? I found out through my kids because their kids would tell my kids. Or I'd say, oh, where did where did you guys go? They'd say, I, I went to church, but they never brought it up. They never talked about God, except for one person, and her name was Vanessa. Vanessa was also the uh, day, oh, what is it? after-school care person for my kids at the time. And Vanessa lived in a townhouse next to me, and I would hear her singing, and her Samoan friend, they would, they would be singing, and you think, wow, that's amazing. I didn't have a clue what they were singing. I'm trying to think, what is that song? Obviously, I didn't know any worship songs at that time, but she invited me. She gave me a little card that was an invite to a Christmas show that they were having at their church. Now, was I offended when she invited me, when she said, would you like to come along? No, I wasn't. Was I upset about it? No. Did I have a go at her? No, I didn't. Um, I was like, wow, that's how lovely. Thank you so much. You know, I'd love to come. So me and my family, we went along to that. And I thought, boy, this is different. And that was the end of that. The next year, Vanessa said, would you like to come again? I'm like, yeah, I would. Went along again. The next year after that, She never actually invited me to come to church weekly, but I went along, that's right, but she sowed a seed. She sowed a seed. She sowed it the next year. And then my best friend started going to church, and she started sowing many seeds. It was like, and I I was getting all, oh, I need to go. I I was inspired to go along to church. The day that I gave my heart to Jesus 18 years ago, there was a couple that were there at the church. They were really close soccer friends. I didn't even know that they were Christians. Afterwards, they said, wow, how did you get to come here? And I said, what are you guys doing here? They went, oh, well, we go to church. I'm like, I didn't even know you were Christians. Do you see that we can all of a sudden hold things to ourselves, but God, he wants us to be salt and light. God can position us in places. He can put your neighbor as a Christian, but he positions us for a reason, so that we are salt and light. He needs us to help him. We're co-laborers with Christ. In Matthew 5, 13 to 16, it says, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of the earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others. 
uh, by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. That is an incredible scripture. We are called to be salt and light. God is not a secret. When I first became a Christian, I, I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know how to pray. And uh, I thought, oh, people would ask me. My workmates like, what did you do in the weekend? People ask you that, right? My family would go, what did you do in the weekend? I'd tell them everything I did except for church. That's embarrassing. I would because I would think, well, I, I just knew my family would go, oh, Teresa's seen the light, and, and have a big laugh about it. And I know that because we used to do that when I was part of the family beforehand. So I knew that that was going to happen. And my workmates, I, I, I thought, wow, some of them were really anti-God, and I knew it already. So I think they'll be going, oh, really? Are you, you're crazy. That's a cult, blah, 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 blah. So instead of sharing, I just wouldn't say anything. And I was afraid that they might ask me a question, and I didn't know. I didn't know any answers. But let me go back to that scripture. It says, now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God. And this is what it is. So I started to get, you know, God has placed me, just as he's placed you, in spheres of influence. Our families, our friends, our neighbours, our workmates, our business colleagues, our school, our sports friends, our gym friends. You start there and then you let God lead you. Sharing the gospel, the news of of Jesus is just a natural extension of everyday life. That's what I learned. It's just a natural extension of my everyday life. I don't have my God life now, my church life and then my normal life. That's how I was at the beginning. But I got the revelation that it's not just about my life transforming, it's about other people's lives transforming. So good, isn't it? So only God, the only thing that I I realized, the only thing I needed to know, even at that early stage in my Christian walk, is that God was real, and what he was doing in my life and the lives of those around me. If you lived in a desert and there was no water, and then you came upon an unlimited source of water, what would you do? Like, put a fence around it and hide it from everybody, just you? Or would you run back to your friends, to your family, and and shout it out to the village and everybody there and say, I found water, it's unlimited. Would you do that? Well, that's what we get to do. When you're excited about your relationship with God, about what he's done as in in our lives, just like Jamie shared. She's been healed. Her hips have been healed after years of pain. That's incredible. It's miraculous. When you see that sort of thing happening, people everywhere are struggling with their health. They're struggling with finances. They're struggling in relationships. So naturally, we need to tell them, Jesus in this situation is the water. He is the water. He is the good news. We have eternal life in him. He is our healer. He is our provider. He is our encourager. He is our comforter. But he belongs to the world. He loves the world. So we get to share. Like online, come on, give him a cheer. He's so good. He loves us. He wants us. He wants us to know him. And he wants everyone we know to know him. Jesus, when he gathered his disciples, Simon 
uh, uh, Simon Peter, or Peter, and Andrew, they were fishermen by trade. In Matthew 4.19, it says, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. Do we have any fishermen or fisherwoman here today? Oh, yes, here we go. Yeah, oh, look, there's a fisher. Well, yeah, also, Liam Surich, I know you're a fisherman. Tanya Cruz, I know you're a fisherwoman. She's won competitions and everything. I wouldn't say I'm like an expert fisher person, but I have been fishing. <laughs> I've fished from the rocks uh, with my cousins. I've fished uh, from a boat with my grandfather, and I've fished at the mouth of the Motu River in the Easter Bay of Plenty in New Zealand with my dad. And we used to fish there for kahawai, which is, uh, oh boy, it's, it's marine perch. Yeah, I, I, look, I had to look it up because I wasn't sure what kahawai was. Kaha actually means strong, like, we, like kia kaha, stay strong. Kaha means strong and wai means water. So it run, it, it, they, they are in strong water. So when they're in the waves, you can actually, when they're on, you can just see them in the waves, kahawai. You can, like, and we usually use a line and a, like, a, a metal piece of thing with a hook on it. <laughs> you can see how professional I am. And, and my father used to throw it out because I couldn't throw it out far, far enough. And then you'd pull the line in. And the fish would be running so strong. I mean, I used to catch, it was ridiculous if you didn't catch one. I'd catch them in the eye, <laughs> catch them on the back, all sorts of things. There were just so many of them. It was great. That, that's the kind of fishing I like, when you don't have to wait. But I have, I have learned that, that there are di different techniques of fishing, and you need different equipment for different types of fishing. And a few things that I do know about fishing is the first one is, you need to go where the fish is. Oh, mind-blowing, isn't it? As a Christian, and I work in a church, and a lot of my friends are Christians, I have to be intentional about placing myself where the fish are. Are they at a prayer meeting? Not normally. So I need to think, where can I be? Where can I meet? Most of my friends uh, now... They weren't Christians before, but a lot of them, many of them are now. So those fish are already in the net, as to say. I've got to look for opportunities elsewhere, and I've got to be very intentional about it. My workmates are saved, most of them. And, and <laughs> no, no, they are, they are, they all, they are. Josh, yeah, no, they, they are, really, <laughs> it's great. So I've got to be intentional. So we need to go where the fish are. The second thing. We need a rod or a line. We need hook and bait. And you actually need to throw it in the water. See, you can have the equipment. You can have techniques. But unless you throw it out there, your line out there, it's not going to happen. You need to invite. You need to speak to people. You need to invite people for sacred hospitality. Whatever it is, that's your line. You need to throw it in the water. What is bringing it? What is sowing a seed? The third thing is, needs patience. This is, was a little bit of my downfall at the beginning. I was more like a dynamite fisher. <laughs> I felt like I had to tell every, everybody everything that I knew about Jesus. <laughs> a little bit too much. It was like, and then boom. That's what dynamite does, blows people out of the water. 
but it's okay. It was still sowing a seed. I'm, I'm looking at it like that now. I've got a lot better. So let's not be dynamite fishers. Let's listen to God. What is it we do now? Because sometimes if you've ever done fishing, there's a little bit of a to and fro, to and fro. You don't just reel it, reel it in. They pull back a bit. You pull them in a little bit. They pull back a bit. You pull them in a little bit. And then eventually it comes. And that's what we, bite sizes. Some people are bite-sized people. It depends on where they are in their journey towards God. So when you go fishing and you throw your line out, do you expect the fish to come up all cleaned up? Dreaming, if you are. It comes up and there's scales and blood and guts and all that sort of stuff. When you catch a fish, it's just a mess. And then you, you catch the fish and then you scale it and clean it, don't you? That's, that's... So when we're inviting people to church, when people have issues in their lives, do we wait till they've cleaned themselves up before we invite them? Correct answer down here. That's a no. It's a definite no. We do not wait. We do not prejudge them. We do not think to ourselves, they will never want Jesus. Like, I don't know, like, oh, oh their life is too good. They, they don't need you. Everybody needs Jesus. Doesn't matter what's going on in their life. And you don't know what is going on in their life. So let's not prejudge people. Let's accept them where they're at. If we have an opportunity to invite someone, we invite them because that's what happens. We can throw that stuff in the water, but the rest is really actually up to the fish, isn't it? Yeah, whether they're going to get caught or not. And that's okay. We're doing our thing. We're sowing seeds. That's what God did for me and he continues to do. He transformed me after I got caught because I had issues. If people hadn't invited me because of my issues I had, I still probably wouldn't be here now. We, we catch the fish, then we let Jesus clean the fish. So I've got some practical tips, three quick practical tips about how to do this. The first one, they all start with P, because I think I'm getting that off Pastor John. It has to be boom, 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 or Pastor Daniel. So the first one is to pray. Yes, pray. We pray for opportunities. And this week's verse, we're going to put that up now. Uh, it is... John 17, 9, there we go. If you would like to take a photo of that, go right ahead and do it. So John 17, 9, it says, My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me, because they belong to you. My prayer is not for the... When we are praying for people to come to Christ, we are praying for the ones that God has given to us. We're praying for our friends. We're praying for our family. It doesn't mean we have to know everyone we're praying for, but we're praying for people that God has put on our path. When I pray uh, for people, I, I go, God, wherever my feet go today, give me opportunities to share your peace. Give me opportunities to share your love. Give me opportunities to encourage someone. Wherever I go, I know you're with me, Give me opportunities to share. God will bring you opportunities. Oh, good, we took that down. Yeah, he will, he will, to share his faith, to share his love. In Colossians 4, 5 to 6, it said, live, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. 
Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. This week, I was looking at my shares and I had a fleeting thought. And when I say fleeting, it came and it fleeted off. I had a thought of someone that I used to trade with over 10 years ago. I don't even know how long, but I, I know it's more than 10 years ago. I thought of her and I thought of a technique that she used to trade and then that was it. The next day, I went to Pilates, because I love Pilates. I went to Pilates, this is not a Pilates advert, but I do like it. I went to Pilates, and I'm in there like, hey, to, to all the peoples that I'm meeting, because I've been going there a couple of months now, I'm getting to know some people. Yeah, because at the moment, that's my fishing ground. Anyway, I get there, someone says hi, Teresa, to me, and I go, hi, and I go to sit down, and the person next to me looks up at me and goes, Teresa. It was that person that I had the fleeting thought about. Did I get excited? Yes, I did. I'm like, yeah. No, no, I was very cool, actually. And it takes me a bit, but I was very good. On the inside, I'm like, yes, this, this is it. God is like, yeah. And I, because I know this is God. I know it. I had the fleeting thought, and there, there she is. It was her first time there. I just happen to be at that one class that she's at. Is that a, oh, that's a coincidence, isn't it? No, it's not. Correct answer, Sharon. No, it's not a, it's not a coincidence. That is a God incident. God will give you opportunities when you pray. So I sit down and I'm like, cool as. On the inside, oh man, I'm like jumping, I'm just getting excited. And what did I say? I, all I said is like, oh my goodness, I thought about you yesterday. Crazy, right? And she's like, yeah, that is crazy. And I went, how are you going? So I let her talk. We only had a few minutes before the class. I let her talk. And it was amazing. And God brought back to my remembrance some things about her. I went, how's your daughter? And she goes, oh, my daughter. She's like... She's 26 now. She's, ha- like, she's just had her first child. And all these things that, see, people want to know that you care about them. So I let her do all the talking. And it was great. It was amazing. And then we had to, like, get into it. And afterwards, I thought, wow, I'm going to go and see her after. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And the instructor is talking to her because it was her first time. I'm thinking, like, come on. Like, move out the road. And, and I thought, oh, because I had an appointment. I thought, oh, I have to go. So I go up and I wave out and I say, oh, look, it was so good to see you. And she goes, oh, my gosh, can we catch up? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, we can. And, and she goes, have you still got my number? I says, I bet you I have. She says, it's, it hasn't changed. I went into my car. I text her just to make sure it was the right number. We're going to be catching up because God's got a plan. We're going to sow some seeds. Yes. There's nothing more exciting. There is nothing more exciting than that. And why am I so excited? Because I know what God has done in my life and the lives of my family, and the lives of your lives. Healing, breakthrough, all those things. It's amazing. So that's the first one, pray. Pray. Number two, proactive. Be proactive. You've got to do something. You've got to do something. In John 4.35, it says, lift up your eyes and look at 
on the fields, for they are already white for harvest. We have to sometimes stop and think and look at what we're doing. God gives opportunities, but they're no good if we don't see them. We've got to be looking. We've got to lift up our eyes and look at the fields. We've got to be prepared. Even with people that we don't know, we need to be prepared. And we can be prepared with our little cards. Yeah. You are loved and belong. I've given these to people that I, I don't know, but I've met and I just think, well, you know what? doesn't hurt anything. Honestly, it's that easy. You just go... Here you go. Yeah, like that, just like that. Easy. It's like, choop, here you go. After that, I might talk about it a little bit, and then I'll just say, here's a card anyway. And off I go. But that's it. Sowing a seed. It can be that simple. So be proactive. Be friendly. Be friendly. Yeah. You want to be known as the friendly person. I'm the friendly person at Pilates. That's why people all, I come and they're like, hey, Teresa, hey, Teresa. Because I'm friendly. Do, do I go in there like, in the name of Jesus. No, I don't. I don't do that. I'm just, I'm just normal. As normal as I can be. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But be friendly. Have sacred hospitality. Pastor John spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. If you missed that message, listen to it. When you have people over around the table, they, they talk to you. They, they, you find out more about them. You find out more about where they are. So barbecues all those sorts of things, but be friendly. I was on a plane going to New Zealand one time, and I just was not in the mood for talking to people. That, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? It wasn't that I wasn't being friendly, I just was not in the mood. I wasn't in the mood, I wanted to listen to my music and do all this sort of stuff. So I get on the plane, it's a three hour flight, and there's five seats in the middle, and I'm in the, on the aisle, and there's this Maori guy, it's probably my cousin, who is on the other, other end of the aisle. So we've got three seats in between us. Normally, I would be like, Chet, how are you going? Yeah, what's your name? Because like, I find out what's his name. Where's your family from? That's what I would normally do. Today, nah, not into it. I, I'm like, nah, this is great that we've got this space because I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> so I do give him the eyebrows. That's pretty awesome. I give him the eyebrows and then I put my little earphones in and off I go. I go to catch another regional flight from Auckland. I get on that plane. Who's sitting right next to me? <laughs> See, God can be persistent sometimes. I'm like, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. I will talk to him. So I get on, how are you going? Where are you from? What do you have to I'm like, and, and he goes, what's your name? And he goes, I said, Teresa Delamere. He goes, oh, the Delameres. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, what's your name? And so he tells me, like, we actually are related. <laughs> Not everybody is related. <laughs> but we are. We are related. So we start to talk. And I start saying to him, well, like, what are, you, what are you going home for? Blah, 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 blah. Even though I live here, we... This, this thing, still call New Zealand home sometimes. Just like that song, you still call Australia home? Same, same. Anyway, I'm, I'm talking to him, and then he, he tells me that he's going home to a tangi, a funeral, a funeral. So I get to pray with him on the flight. The power of God was on the plane. And he goes, whoa, what was that? 
said, that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but this is what happens. When God gives you an opportunity, like be friendly. Don't be like me and decide like, nah, I want to listen to my music. No, be friendly. When God gives you opportunities, just do it. So let's be proactive. Acts of kindness. You know, meeting people's needs, mowing their lawns, giving them a lift or whatever it is, cooking someone a meal, making them some cupcakes. Pastor Danielle does that all the time. She's like the cupcake baker, happening maker. Yeah, this is really good. And you, you do that with no strings attached. I mean, she's never given me a cupcake and then expected one back from me, which is a good thing. <laughs> but, but because there's no strings attached. When we, when we have an act of kindness, there are no strings attached. And you... I, I pray about acts of kindness. Sometimes I get a reverse acts of kindness. Like my neighbor mowed my lawns. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And that gave me the opportunity to thank him and talk to him. It was really, really good. Online, be proactive. We've got opportunity. Online people, yeah, hello there. Hello, Melbourne. We've got opportunity. We're online. Share the Facebook link, share the link to other people, to your families. My family, uh, my mum in New Zealand, a couple of cousins in New Zealand, my dad in Sydney, my sister in Wollongong have been watching online. Did they do that of their own accord? No. I've been sharing the link with them, sharing the link with them. It's, it's easy as to do that. Well, you can share the link for online. In 1 Peter 3, 15, it says, and if someone asks you about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it and do this in a gentle and respectful manner. Do that. We don't have to fight and argue with people. We listen to people. And it's okay that they have questions and we don't have to have all the answers. That's the great thing. I love that. I'll never have all the answers. And I don't have to. I don't feel that. My, my most probably, uh, the most prevalent way that I share is through testimony, my own testimony, or someone that I know testimony. I've already shared Jamie's testimony actually about her hips when I was inviting someone to tonight. So I share, I'm always listening. I love to hear the wonderfulness, the awe of Jesus and what he does in our lives. I love to hear that. And I love to share what he does with other people. So I'm always listening to other people's testimonies and listening to my own. I'm not listening. That's all happening. But I'm, I write them down, actually, because I think, right, if someone talks to me about debt, I'm sharing about that. If someone talks to me about, uh, about even salvation, I'm sharing that just quickly, not going into depth. It just, I just, it just depends, but it's like my little toolkit here, like, my, like arrows in my quiver. I like pull out the freedom from debt, testimony. I pull out the healing testimony. I pull out the breakthrough testimony. We need to be prepared to share our Christian hope. And then number three is we've got, we've got prayer. We pray. We've got be proactive. And then we've got persevere. Keep on going. Keep following people up. I've invited a couple 10 times. <laughs> They've come once or twice, not the rest. Am I upset about that? No, because I sow seeds. Just the invitation alone is a seed. I'm not disappointed. I know that God will, is doing what, what he is doing. In Corinthians, it talks about uh, where we sow seed, we water that seed, but it's actually God that brings the increase. 
We sow, we water, God brings the increase. My family, I got to invite my family at my, one of my son's 21st birthdays. I was getting ordained as a pastor the next day. So I bought my son's birthday a week earlier so I could invite my family to church because they would be here the day after. I had 22 of my family here the next day and uh, eight of them were already Christians and not one of the rest of them made a decision that day to follow Jesus. Was I upset? No, I wasn't. I was jumping up and down to have my family here. It was amazing. But since then, two of my cousins that were here go to church in New Zealand. Three of my friends that were here now go to church. And in 2019, my dad, who I didn't even expect it, came to presence with me. He practically invited himself. He came to a presence conference and since then, like we talk every uh, couple of weeks, and in our conversation, God always comes up. That's what happens when you sow a seed. It might not happen immediately. It doesn't even matter. You just want to be part of the process. You want to be part of the sowing. You want to be part of the watering and let God bring the increase because you don't know what you are doing for someone when you introduce them to God. God can transform a person's life transformed mine, transformed yours, can change their future generations. You've got nothing to lose, but someone else has got everything to gain. So let's go the bold. Let's pray. Let's be proactive and let's persevere. We are going to pray. We're going to pray for right now those people that are in your influence, your spheres of influence. You might even have, during this time, thought of different people. I saw names popping into people's heads. It's a reminder, like, was it your neighbor? Was it the person at the gym? Was it someone I went to school with? Was it somebody that I trained with years ago? Those names are popping up. There is a card on your seat, but we'll look at that a bit later, where you can write those names so that when you're praying, you can pray for them specifically. God is amazing, is powerful when we pray. So let's close our eyes. Close our eyes online in Melbourne East. We're going to pray. I just see, sense God's smiling. He's excited. Just like me, when I'm jumping up and down, he's jumping up and down. He's going to give you names as, you, as we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that you would pour out your spirit. That even in this time, Father, you're bringing to people's remembrance names, people that they've worked with, people that they went to school with, people they went to uni with, people that they work with even now. Father, that all those names, all those names that you've got an assignment, Father, for them. Father, give us an assignment. Let us be a co-laborer with you. We're praying for our one. We're praying for our family. We're praying for those that God has put in our spheres of influence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for those that are here in the room, for those that are watching online. Father, I just thank you for your presence and your power, Father, that you've given us 
people, Father, a ripened harvest, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you'd bring opportunities, Father, that wherever we walk, wherever we tread, you are with us, Father, that you give us the right words, that you bring opportunities to us. Lord, I just pray that even as we sow, as we water, you give us the right words to say, whether it's... uh, barbecues, whether it's sacred hospitality, whether it's a cup of tea, what is it, Lord? Whether it's helping somebody next door with their lawns, what is it? That we can be a listening ear, that we can hear people's needs, Father, that we would be there in the right time, Father, for you, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you'd increase, you'd bring increase to the opportunities that we have. We thank you, Lord, that you're with us, that you're for us, that you believe in us, Father. We believe in you. There is such a joy There is a party going on in heaven, Father, when then just one person comes to Christ. And we thank you, Lord, that we get to invite people, to bring them to you, Father, to sow, to water. And Lord, you bring the increase in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Hey, I've got a quick question now that I want you to, if you commit this next month, to working on that list and inviting and doing something, whether it's to invite, whether it's just to say hello and, and, and somehow we bite sizes, bite sizes. But who commits in the next month to do something, to be proactive? I just want you to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you see every hand. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to enable them, that you're going to encourage them, that you're going to bring the right words and the right people. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you, people. Woo. Hey, I'm going to hand back to Melbourne East, and I'm going to hand over to Pastor John. Fantastic. Teresa, come on, put your hands together. Wonderful inspiring all of us and I love that I love that on your on your seat as Teresa was talking about is this uh, what we call our friends prayer card I love you just to grab that for a moment we try and refresh this every 12 or 18 months and I have this uh, on my wall in the study where I pray and I just have got a number of names written down on it that people are in my world who don't know Jesus. Some aren't on the coast, some are family members uh, a long way away who I'm praying for regularly. Others are people in the different spheres of my life. On the back of that card is how to pray for those, how to specifically pray for them. There's five ways to particularly pray for them. So I want you just to take that home, ask God, who should I be praying for on a regular basis? And uh, engage in that. What, what a, great, a great message from Teresa. I love... I love her passion for uh, leading as an example in this area. I love Billy Graham did some surveys about people who came to faith. And he found on average that every, on average, each person who came to Christ had met 11 Christians and had 14 meaningful conversations. Now, when I heard that, it just took the pressure off. I just need to be one of 11. I don't have to be the one. I've just got to play my part, be nice, sow a seed, tell, tell a bit of a story, tell people I love church, uh, and then the 14 meaningful conversations. Well, if I can just have one of the 14 and share something about my life, I don't have to, because some of you are a little more uh, not as extroverted as Teresa. I get it. And we're not like the friendly person at Pilates, okay? We're like, leave me alone. I want to do my Pilates alone, or I'll do it at home alone, or whatever. And that's okay. 
That's your personality. But take the pressure off and look for God to go, well, how do I be part of that one meaningful conversation? How do I be part, being who you are, but being bold in that? It's, it's a brilliant, come put your hands together for Pastor Teresa. Great message, love it. Thank you, inspiring us.